Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome once again to another edition of the All-American Spook Show podcast. As always, I'm Josh, and I'm joined here with my good friend, Will. Hello. And the Professor Smoke. Hey. And this week, for the very first time, we actually have an additional co-host or special guest. Uh, It's a friend of ours. He's been my friend for good Lord over 30 years. Uh, Will, I think he said he's known you for over, you know, around 20 years or so. Um, He's our friend, Donnie. Say hello to the people, Donnie. (laughs) Oh man, yeah, I would fucking snort. Right? <laughs> God damn. Uh, yeah. Hey. Uh, I wouldn't say it's he's an uh, an expert witness or anything like that, but uh, he he's a, a big fan of horror movies as well. So uh, we figured it'd be it'd be fun to mix it up and add a add a fourth voice to the conversation this week. Just something a little different. We're gonna try this a little bit more often from time to time. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you've done shows before, like you've had your own podcast in the past, although that was uh, about fantasy sports, or, or specifically about fantasy football, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, this will actually be my first venture into the uh, the movie realm. So we're here to pop your cherry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, circle around. <laughs> Time to kind of run the train. <laughs> we're going to be talking about a more recent release uh, came out June 10th, 2016. It was The Conjuring 2, which was kind of the, uh, well, not kind of, it was the third movie of The Conjuring Universe. There's been what, how many of these now, Smoke? Eight, nine, ten? How many now? Oh, God, there's been, well, do you want me to, want me to run, make, go ahead and run down the timeline at yeah. this point? Yeah, sure, go yeah, go ahead. So, and, uh, and on the show, we've covered, uh, well, I guess as we come to them on this list, we'll go over which ones we've covered so far on the show, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the timeline's kind of if you if we're going by what the first movie or the first year that they show a scene from in any of these movies it would be Annabelle Creation which uh, was 1943 a scene that takes place in that movie mm-hmm. but the prime the bulk of that movie takes place in 1955 and then it ends up in 1967 which would be shortly before the events of the 
first Conjuring movie. So, mm-hmm. so you could place, I guess, Annabelle Creation in there as first movie that shows a scene from, let's say, 1943. After that would be The Nun, which uh, takes place in 1952. And then you come to the first Annabelle movie, which uh, we covered on the podcast. I forget which episode it was. And that was in 1967. That's when that one was set. Uh, then you come after that, you get to Annabelle Comes Home, which is directly after it. It's set in 1968 and 1969. But uh, but then there was a <laughs> there's also a continuity error, I guess you could say, in that timeline because uh, the cold open of the original Conjuring movie was set in 1968 that shows some uh, events in in, in, the Annabelle movie. uh, (laughs) But when they go to Annabelle Comes Home, there's an artifact in the Warrens Museum or whatever you want to call it of their paranormal artifacts room or whatever. I just call it the uh, the evil room. Yeah, the evil room, yeah. yeah. So there's a, I think it's a music box that was in the Perron family's chain of events that happened in the first Conjuring movie, which was set in 71, mm-hmm. somehow miraculously ends up in the Warren's room in the events of Annabelle Comes Home, which is supposed to be 1968, <laughs> 1969. So it's a little bit of a continuity here, but it's supposed to be 68, 69 for that movie. Well, with the way they're kind of stacking these movies, like they're setting themselves up for continuity errors all oh, over yeah. the place. Yeah, the more that come, more of them that come out, the more yeah. problems like that that arise. So, Oh, and then there's... I think a movie, there's a song in that movie too from 1971 or two, the Bad Finger song, mm-hmm. which is on the soundtrack. So, so there's another sort of well, continuity. Uh, e- I mean. Even in this one, I'll go ahead and point it out. London Calling by the Clash. Yeah, true. Yes, that uh, came out what 1979. London, this yeah. is supposed to be 1977. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get the point of using the song, right? Here we are. We're, we're oh, going definitely. to London, but yeah, they they. they they're off by a couple of years there. Yeah. As far so then, as uh, as far as well, before you continue, going back to uh, the two that we've done before, uh, we did Annabelle back in episode twelve. If you want to go back and listen to that, and then two episodes later, episode fourteen, we did the first Conjuring movie. So if you want to go back and hear our thoughts on that, that was uh, from last year, twenty nineteen. We did both those movies. So go ahead, Smoke. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. That actually ties into where we're at now in the timeline too, because after Annabelle comes home would be the con the first Conjuring movie. Uh, and that was mostly set in 1971. Uh, but like I mentioned, the cold open of that movie is like 1968, which shows the Annabelle doll, which ties into the Annabelle Comes Home. So after The Conjuring, then you come to The Curse of La Llorona. Now, we haven't covered this on the show, but I mean, I think I'd mentioned I'd seen it in the theater back when it came out and everything. Mm-hmm. And, now, that movie came out, and not even many people were even talking about it being linked. And it really, this is the bare minimum of a link to The Conjuring universe. In fact, the only thing that's in there from The Conjuring is Father Perez, so. Yeah, and uh, that one takes place in 1973. Which is, since you told us that, has been a little bit of a running joke in the episodes that <laughs> every movie could be tied <laughs> to The Conjuring as long as that dude's in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You can just pop up anywhere and it's, oh, it's a Conjuring yeah. Universe movie. Hey, the guy's in the Goonies. That's a Conjuring Universe movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, then after that is, well, yeah, Conjuring 2, where we're at right now, the episode for today. And that's set in you know, supposedly, what, 1976. Yeah, I think, I think it's 76, it 77, something like that, yeah. Yeah, that catches us up to pretty much all the movies that have been released so far, and the next one is supposed to be, uh, which would be the third Conjuring film. It's probably not third Conjuring Universe film, but just the third title, movie title with The Conjuring is uh, The Devil Made Me Do It. Mm-hmm. And it's, it should be set in 1980, 1981, if it follows the, the timeline of the uh, true events that it's based on. So we assume 1980 or 81 for that, so which for- would be the newest timeline. 
movie. So chronologically, this movie the con- that we're going to talk today, The Conjuring 2, is the most recent. Yep, of the released ones so far. So uh, th- is this the first time uh, you guys have watched this? I mean, I know Smoke, I should never ask you that, but uh, Will, Donnie, first time? It's my no. first time. Yeah, sure no, first I time. saw it when it came out. Okay. It's hard to believe that this movie came out in 2016, man. It just didn't even feel that old. Uh-huh. It seemed like it was just a couple years ago, but I guess, you know, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, and that's what we were th- when I, We sat down to watch it, me and my wife, and, and uh, when I was looking up just, you know, to get some basic information on, the, yeah, the year 2016, I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. I mean, four years ago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was actually filmed in uh, late 2015, so it's uh, knocking on five years ago since it was made, yeah. which is kind of crazy yeah that's why all right so i guess uh we'll pass along the the usual info if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com uh, you can find us on twitter at aa spook show we are on instagram facebook youtube you can find us by searching for the all or all american spook show and we have a t public page where you can go and buy you know your spook show logoed merchandise t-shirts mugs i think pillows whatever the hell else they uh throw the logos on there you can go find it there and help support the cause. I, so I guess without any further ado, I'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for The Conjuring 2 from 2016. This is my home. Get out now. No, this is not your house. Now, what's your name? My name is Bill Wilkins, and I'm 72 years old. What do you make of that voice? Sounds confused. You see now? The voice on this tape is coming from an 11-year-old girl. They're calling it England's Amityville. There is a family that desperately needs our help. After everything we've seen, there isn't much that rattles either of us anymore. But this one, this one still haunts me. Does it feel like the voice is coming from inside you? More like it's coming from behind me. Like I'm being used. Janet, are you all right? Stop calling me Janet. She's such a good girl. What's that wrong with her? An oppressing spirit will try to force you to commit the ultimate sin. And what's that? Murder? Suicide? Or both? believe us don't you sensing a presence i'm not sensing anything all i can sense is their own fear honey you're bleeding what is happening i had a premonition of your death The family's just a pawn. Something inhuman wants to kill you. If we keep doing this, you're going to die.
And that was the trailer for 2016's The Conjuring 2, the third installment of The Conjuring Universe. So, I guess we'll, we'll throw to you, Donnie, since you're a guest today. Uh, what were your initial reactions of the movie? Like, you know, maybe after you watched it just now or, you know, when you watched it the first time, if you can recall. What, what, you know, not necessarily give us your rating, but what did you think? What were your initial reactions about it? I, I mean, I liked it. I, I, I don't really know... Yeah, I liked it. I mean, <laughs> as, as far as like, uh, I was reading up on um, the the actress who uh, played the nun. Very distinct looking lady, you know. <laughs> and it it remind kind of reminded me of, uh, um, th- well, there was this guy I went to college with, mm-hmm. and uh, we were sitting in uh, uh, one of our classes, and he, and we were talking about the Wizard of Oz, and he was like, you know, uh, and he said, I- I'm gonna catch some shit for this. Uh, but, uh, I always thought the, uh, the wicked witch of the West was hot. What and we were f- just like, what? <laughs> it was just like this strange out of the blue conversation. And, um, uh, but no, like she was very distinct looking and, you know, same, same kind of, same kind of thing with, uh, uh, with this lady. And, you know, uh, unfortunately the guy, uh, you know, died in a skydiving accident about, well, right around the time, I guess this movie came out. But uh, the guy that made the joke, uh, yeah, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that's a, that's pretty bad. Why? Well, there's no reason I should laugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. That's that's freaking terrible. Rest in peace, Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. The yeah. End. Uh, Will, what were your initial reactions since this is the first time you watched it? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the old man living in the house, every time he popped up, I fucking wanted to die laughing. I <laughs> know, <laughs> same, same here. Because yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was like, when did Clint Eastwood get put in this movie? That shit. <laughs> get out of my home, damn it! <laughs> Clint Eastwood from Gran, over- Gran Torino <laughs> moved into their <laughs> house. <laughs> But yeah, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. How about you, Smoke? Uh, yeah, I saw it in the, I guess in the theater when it first came out, and I'd already seen Conjuring movies come out to that point. Uh, I guess initially seeing it, I was not as you know taken with it as I was with the first Conjuring movie, but I did think it was way better than the first Annabelle movie. <laughs> I think it bears. This is probably the second or third time I've seen it, I guess. And it, I like it a little bit better around this time around than I did the, the initial time I saw it in the theater. But, uh, yeah, I liked it. This is, for me, this is at least... I, well, I'm pretty sure this is only the second time I saw it. Uh, I did not go see this in the theater, believe it or not. For whatever reason, I guess I just never got around to it. But I, I did see it, like, not too long. I think I bought it when it came out on Blu-ray, you know, like, pretty much immediately, and then watched mm-hmm. it then. Uh, and I definitely enjoyed it. I think I'm along the same lines as you, Smoke, where you said that it's probably not quite as good as the first one, but it's still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to beat that first one as far yeah. as... Uh, I mean, first of all, it's the originality. That was the first one. And it was very well done, mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of hard to catch that same fire, I guess, when you put out any sequel. As far as uh, you know, living up to the expectations of the first one when the first one's so good. But that being said, this one was still highly successful, and we'll go into that mm-hmm. here shortly. But uh, all these movies have been have, have done really well. Uh, well, pretty much all of them, I guess, uh, of the main line of uh, you know the Conjuring Universe movies, so to speak. These all of these have done very well. So our last episode, we watched the Monster Squad, and we've had a little bit of uh, a response from that. You know, everything's been pretty good. Um, so we figured we'd give Donnie a chance to say something about it since he wasn't on, obviously on the last episode to say his piece about it. So Donnie, what do you think of the monster squad? Any, any good memories with that? Oh yeah, man. I, every time it was on TBS, every, every daggum Saturday, uh, <laughs> in October, 
It was basically uh, uh, all the time in October, September, October. Uh, you could find this thing on TBS. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, I used to watch the uh, the chopped up version, and then but no, just just great memories of the entire movie. That's just good stuff, man. Just <laughs> yeah, great memories. Yeah, there's a uh, we we mentioned it last week Thursday, uh, which I still haven't had a chance to watch it, but there is a uh, documentary made by the uh, one of the kids, you know, like the main kid in the movie. Yeah. About about yeah, yeah. Uh, the Monster Squad, and it's called Wolfman's Got Nards. And I guess it's supposed to be like basically awesome. about the the love that everyone has for that movie, and you know all the influences yeah. of the '80s kids and all that shit. But yeah, but it's basically the Goonies with monsters. Let's face it. I mean, <laughs> almost down, yeah, exa- almost crazy. down to the exact <laughs> casting of all the characters and everything. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, we all we all love it, and like I said, it's had a good reception. So I just figured I'd give you a chance to say a, say a few words about that. So I guess uh, you know, without any further ado, we'll get into the background of the one that we're talking about today, The Conjuring Two. Now here in the U.S., so Donnie did miss miss, uh, miss out on some of the, the true gem, gems that you know we've done on the show, like Home Sweet Home. Missed out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> street trash. <laughs> street trash. Yeah. Yeah. Street trash is uh, definitely an old favorite. Yeah, you should you should uh, uh, give a watch to Home Sweet Home, one of these days. <laughs> Around, I have not. Good I lord! Have not. You know, if you if you have if you have like an hour and a half to kill, but you want it to seem like it's three hours have gone by, then that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, we're we're all trapped in the house right now. But if it comes down to either watching that or punching yourself in the face for an hour and a half, <laughs> you got a true dilemma. <laughs> but so yeah, anyways, here in the U.S., it's called The Conjuring Two. But apparently, over in the UK, and I guess you know, in in the Euro, uh, that area of Europe, it was actually called The Conjuring Two: The Enfield Case. I guess they wanted to be more specific, since that was a you know, what did they call it? I think they even said it in the movie. It's basically kind of like their version of Amityville. Yeah, over, like over the biggest, I guess, haunting, true haunting inspired event. Yeah. There. So I guess they wanted to kind of cash in on that, so they called it The Conjuring Two: The Enfield Case. It was released June tenth, twenty sixteen by New Line Cinema, The Saffron Company, and Atomic Monster Productions. And it was, of course, distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. So this is uh, their, one of their tentpole cash cows is this Conjuring universe now. And, and especially by this point, with the third movie in the line, it was uh, they were raking it in. Oh, uh, yeah. There's no stopping the Conjuring train now at this point. Yeah. All right, so I pulled up a list of the top 50 highest-grossing horror films at the worldwide box office. So this the you know... Uh, not adjusted for, uh, I don't think this is adjusted for inflation or anything like that, but the the top 50 highest. The Conjuring is number 23. That's the first Conjuring movie at $319.4 million. This movie, The Conjuring 2, slightly above it at number 22 on the list, $320.3 million. So almost exactly a million dollars more than the first Conjuring. Yeah. <laughs> but The Nun blows them both out of the water. It's number 19 at $365.5 million. So needless to say, and that's not even, I'm not even going down the list of the other ones. Um, I believe I saw, uh, I I saw a separate list. Yeah, here it is. This is the top 25 highest grossing horror film franchises and film series of all time. Number one is Godzilla, but that's 35 movies. So they're counting every Godzilla movie (laughs) ever fucking made. Oh my God. And it's $2.1 billion worldwide box office. (laughs) Number two, The Conjuring Universe. Seven movies. $1.9 billion in these seven films. Now, I'm not sure uh, of the count, if that counts The Curse of La Llorona and it's 25 cents it made. But (laughs) yeah. yeah. I mean, that just goes to show you, though, how 
it doesn't even matter about the quality of them. It's the fact that, you know, that when that first movie came out and then how many people went to see it and word of mouth and all that, that the next sequels and movies are subjective. You know, some people are going to like others better than yeah, the previous ones always, or whatever. Yeah. But I think pretty much everybody could agree that the, the first Conjuring movie script wise and everything and originality was it's probably better than the others that came along. It's definitely better than none as far as the script and storyline. But the none overtook all of those because just the strength of the Conjuring universe alone. True. Yeah. I mean, alone. yeah. Now, now it was a, a, a very popular thing by that point, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I understand that. But, uh, I've actually heard some people say they like Annabelle, the first Annabelle more first Annabelle? than, uh, some, some, some of the others in this franchise, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I said, it's subjective. Some people are going to have their, their favorites, but I mean, I don't even know what the numbers on the law Urona was, but I mean, seeing that myself, I just, <laughs> for me personally, it's the weakest of all of them that I've seen. Mm-hmm. At well, this point, we'll, we've seen all of them. But, we'll get to it but, uh, somewhere down the line. We'll, yeah. You know, we, we want to try to do all these Conjuring movies here in the, you know, yeah. probably in the calendar year. So we'll get around to it. Um, just to finish off the top five of this list, the Mummy franchise number three, one point eight billion. The Alien franchise number four with one point six billion, and the Resident Evil franchise number five at one point two billion. And then <laughs> I got I got to say it because it's only two movies. Number six is it. The It franchise, two movies, <laughs> $1.1 billion, two movies, which is by far the most impressive out of uh, any of these on this list. So, yeah, like I said, very successful, these movies. Arguably, probably, you know, because uh, saying that Godzilla is the most successful, that's that's a stretch. It's 35 movies over like 100,000 years, you know? <laughs> that's not necessarily fair to all the other franchises in a way, but... Um, well, it's kind of like saying you know, like action or drama movies type thing. Like, oh, James Bond is the biggest franchise, of course. You know, of course it is. But... Yeah, there's, yeah, there's <laughs> literally like 40 movies. <laughs> yeah. How many are there for real? 25, right? James Bond movies, something like that? 25, 30 movies? So, yeah. Right. It's not quite Godzilla, but it's pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah. Total runtime of The Conjuring 2 is 2 hours and 14 minutes, which is pretty long for a, a horror movie, or hell, for just about any movie for that matter. Not many break 2 hours and 14 minutes, but that's pretty long for a horror movie. It's rated R, obviously, and it is listed on IMDb as a horror-slash-mystery-slash-thriller. It falls in line with all those. The budget for this movie, $40 million, and it would go on to, at the worldwide gross was $320.4 million. So they made a few bucks. <laughs> on this one, yeah, <laughs> uh, they broke even. In the U.S. alone, it made a hundred, a hundred and two point four million dollars. So that means internationally, it made two hundred and seventeen point nine million dollars. So that's pretty crazy. I didn't see the breakdown of like where it made the most money. I'm assuming U.S. probably, but internationally, it made two hundred and seventeen point nine million. Now, I'm sure a big chunk of that was in the U.K. Uh, consider, oh, yeah. Considering the you know topic of the movie, once again, we will do the old uh, comparison of what came out that particular week. So the weekend of June 10th through the 12th, 2016, it was number one in the box office here in the U.S. at $40.4 million. Number two, Warcraft in its first week, $24.1 million. Number three, Now You See Me Too, which I've never seen me, uh, $22.3 million. And that might have been all the money that movie made after that week because I think that one kind of got crapped on, right? Um, yeah, I haven't seen that. <laughs> number four, uh, one of Willie's favorite movies, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows. Yay! <laughs> number five, <laughs> Heroes in a Half Shell. Turtle power. Turtle power. Number five that week, X Men Apocalypse, which was kind of the 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 least uh, liked of those of that new 
first class X-Men run, you know, the, the second trilogy, so to speak. Um, it made, it made so far at that point. Yeah. Well, no, I think that was, wouldn't that? No, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're Dark right. Phoenix. I forgot about Dark Phoenix. Yes. There was four of those movies, right? I still have not seen Dark Phoenix. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm, uh, I still haven't either. I'm sure uh, I'm not shitting the bed on that unfortunately, one. I, I beat you off to the punch on that one. <laughs> we beat you to the conjuring too, but you beat us to Dark Phoenix. Who won? <laughs> yeah, that one made nine point nine million that week, but it was in its third week and it already made one hundred and thirty six million dollars. So, uh, was it that bad? Um, number six, <laughs> Me Before You. Fuck, I don't. I've never even heard of it. Number seven, <laughs> The Angry Birds movie. <laughs> number eight, Alice. <laughs> number eight, Alice to the Looking Glass, which was uh, I think that was the sequel to the uh, Alice in Wonderland with Johnny Depp in it, right? I oh, yeah, I never saw that yeah. sequel either. Yeah. Um, number nine, Captain America Civil War, a little indie flick from uh, Walt Disney. Um, it made only $4.3 million that week, but it was in its sixth week and had already made almost $400 million. <laughs> and number 10, to finish it off, The Jungle Book, which was another one that, uh, that uh, Disney movie that uh, made, at least at that point, had made almost $400 million. So Disney was... Raking it in as usual, and uh, it's also rare for a horror movie to come out in the middle of the summer, right? I mean, like that's not usual for big horror movies. True, yeah. Most yeah. most of the big ones are usually what in September or October, right? The yeah. ones that have been successful yeah, in the past, and every once in a while in January or February, a good one will come out. Uh, most of them are in September or October, so for one to come out in the middle of uh, June. Right in the middle of the big summer blockbuster season was pretty big. This movie was uh, filmed around Los Angeles in various studios and spots and whatnot, and it was also. It seems like, from what I could tell, the ex- the exteriors of the ha- of the uh, of the Hodgson house and the uh, damn it, their neighbors, the Nottingham family. I think that was actually uh, where uh, they live, like the real houses. I'm, I'm sure they did like a studio version or something to do, like when they blew the window out in the tree and all that shit, but. Yeah, like I think some of the exteriors were actually the real places where they lived. These council houses, which uh, here in the U.S. they basically call it like urban housing, right? Like, what, how would you uh, phrase that? Like, uh, not necessarily the projects or anything like that, but like uh, low-income housing, right? Yeah, that's basically what this was. Um, so that was in Enfield, Middlesex, England, U.K. And of course, they filmed some other stuff there in the U.K. And it was filmed. Seems like principal photography was September of 2015, late September 2015 to. Pretty much right at the beginning of December 2015 in all these various locations. So a couple, uh, two and a half months or so to, to film the whole thing. Of course, this movie stars Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as Ed and Lorraine Warren. They reprised their roles from the first Conjuring film. And they did have a small part in Annabelle too, right? Weren't they at the end of it or the beginning? Or or maybe it was yeah, just kind yeah, of assumed that they were there. Type yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, these these are probably the biggest parts they've had, although you'd recognize them from other things. Uh, so it stars Madison Wolf as uh, Janet Hodgson. She's like the main kid that's being tortured in this. You'd know her mostly from this, or uh, she was in Joy, uh, the movie Trumbo, I Kill Giants, handful of other things over the uh, last handful of years. It stars Frances O'Connor as Peggy Hodgson. This is the mother of the uh, Hodgson family. You would know, you would you would probably recognize her from uh, AI, Artificial Intelligence, that awesome movie. Yeah, 20 years ago. Another one of Don, uh, uh, no, is this Donnie's favorite or Willie's favorite? I can't remember. It's Mansfield Park. I think Willie. Yeah, that's Willie. 
Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, my bad. I'm uh, sorry, I've never even heard of it. Uh, <laughs> anyways, moving on. Uh, Timeline from 2003, that Paul Walker epic, and a handful of other things. It says on IMDb she's got 48 credits on random things. Lock and Key, TV, uh, TV movie. What, is that that one that was on Netflix recently? I thought that was like a series yeah. or something. Ah, fuck if I know. Based on the comic book? Yeah, yeah, I think, I don't know. It, 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 she's listed on there, but I'm not sure if she was in, actually in it or not. It's kind of... Uh, it doesn't look like the same thing, but who knows? It stars Lauren Esposito as Margaret Hodgson. She's like the old. I, I, I kind of assume she's like the oldest uh, of the kids, the Hodgson family. <laughs> you know, on IMDb, it's got like the things that you would they're known for on the top. The the other three movies yeah. that she's known for look like straight to DVD, like Walmart five dollar bin specials. Some movie called Arctic Apocalypse, something called The Legend of the Five, and another one called The Alley. Which looks like a horror movie, I guess, but I don't know, man. It looks it looks pretty slim picking, so this is probably the only thing you'd know her from. Benjamin H-A-I-G-H. Hi? Hey? I don't know. It's the kid that plays Billy. The li- uh, I think he's the littlest boy. And Patrick McCauley, who plays Johnny. He's the uh, the other brother that you barely see in the movie, except for like one scene. Um, you know, other than just being boy number two in the background. <laughs> the guy with the cool mustache, Maurice Gross. That was played by Simon McBurney. <laughs> which is an awesome name awesome. <laughs> um, like an older Paul Rudd from Anchorman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, he's probably the closest one that looked like his original character that, or the, the person in real life <laughs> yeah yeah which yeah. that was pretty what, we can mention that now that was pretty cool at the end of the movie where they kind of showed the pictures of the uh, the actors or whatever you know in the movie and then yeah. the real people that was kind of cool yeah you would know him from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy uh, the Last King of Scotland, Jane Eyre, and of course this. And uh, apparently he's got 56 credits. Uh, he was in the show Carnival Row. Yeah, I remember. I've seen that show. That was on Amazon Prime last year. I do recall him now. Um, a handful of other things. He's a uh, a known character actor. You you would definitely recognize him without the, the silly mustache uh, from other things. It also stars Maria Doyle Kennedy as uh, Peggy Nottingham. And Simon Delaney is Vic Nottingham. They're the neighbors next door, or not necessarily next door, but across the street that uh, kind of help out the Hodgson family. And uh, Franca Potente, I guess is how you say it, P-O-T-E-N-T-E. She plays Anita Gregory. She's kind of like the skeptic lady that that uh, busts Janet for uh, faking, or supposedly faking this whole incident. Uh, she's in. She's been in the Bourne Identity, the Bourne Supremacy. So apparently, she was in a handful of those Bourne movies, the Jason Bourne movies, which I've only seen like the first one of. I've never sat yeah, down and watched actually, any I'm of those in that movies. Same boat too. Like, <laughs> I guess like I, I watched the first one. I'm like, yeah, it was all right, and then just never got into the next ten movies they made. But uh, yeah, apparently, she's a big part of those movies. A handful of others. That's pretty much your uh, main cast there. This movie was, of course, directed by James Wan, who's like the godfather of the Conjuring universe, because he directed the first conjuring correct i'm pretty sure but he also uh, directed the first saw movie he directed the first insidious movie insidious chapter two so i mean like he's clearly the dude that kind of gets your franchise started <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> the big franchise has <laughs> started because um, he's also he also directed furious seven one of those 82 fast and furious movies yeah kind of to go along with that apparently he was offered quote unquote life altering amount of money to direct the fate of the furious and he turned it down to direct this. Yeah, cause timeline which, wise, which makes you wonder, like, how much is life-altering money when you're making <laughs> movies? I mean, when, you a, when you've already made like a shitload of blockbusters, as it is. Yeah, I mean, he's already made at this point. He's already made Saul, Insidious, the first Conjuring movie, 
uh, Furious Seven. So I mean, he he's probably rolling pretty good, and he's a producer on a lot of other movies too. So, and that just goes to show you how much he had already bankrolled from those movies. Now, if this had been like the first movie he was jumping into, he's like, oh hell yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, life altering, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I got plenty enough now. I don't need life altering. I'm just gonna do this Conjuring Two movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also directed the uh, Aquaman movie, and uh, apparently he has is going to be the director of Aquaman Two when I guess whenever they get around to making it. And of course, like I said, he's a producer on all the, pretty much all the Saw movies. So he had his finger in that pie on all the for all those years, all the money that those things made, and all these Conjuring movies too. He's a producer on on the Annabelle movies, um, The Nun, Curse of La Llorona, and a handful of others. And he was the executive producer of uh, Swamp Thing, you know, the show that only lasted one season on uh, DC Universe. Yeah, their streaming course, I still haven't got around to seeing it yet, but I wish that it had gone longer because uh, now I don't even want to watch it because it ended so soon. It's, it's <laughs> my understanding that apparently they uh, that one, I guess, came out pretty good. Like they liked what they saw, but mm. they uh, didn't want to continue with that because then they realized that there might be money in a movie. So that's why they went ahead yeah. and candid after okay. one season yeah another one of the announced movies uh, of this uh conjuring series is the crooked man which i figured i'd go ahead and reference since oh, he, yeah. you know he's in this one that's cool so they're talking about making a crooked man movie at some point or another um yeah i don't know what i don't know if that's i mean i know they've been talking about it ever since this movie came out and I'm, i just kept going you know doing some other stuff so i don't know if that's still in the works or what yeah seems like i had seen it on like the working list of of movies of the uh the Conjuring Universe. This movie was written by Chad Hayes, Carrie W. Hayes, which I'm I'm pretty sure they're brothers, and of course James Wan, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. That's the, <laughs> that's the whole name. It just kept going, and it's based on a story by the Hayes and James Wan. So clearly, like I said, James James Wan is all over this bad boy. So, was there anything else you guys wanted to add before we kind of got into the movie itself? Anything you may have found? So one of the things I found was apparently the nun wasn't even. The, the, the visual of the nun that we saw wasn't even in this movie. They were all added during reshoots. Uh, originally, it had a, a dark demon with horns. Uh, James Wan wanted to uh, slip in the visual of the nun so he could show uh, Lorraine Warren having a question of faith. So yeah. I, I don't know. Like, like that, that's kind of surprising to me that like probably the thing that sticks out most of this movie is like the one thing that they added in post. Yeah. And it is pretty striking too, considering like okay, like the the main demon in this movie is dressed like a fucking nun. Um, there's crosses all over the wall that get like turned upside down when the nun's hanging around. So like this is some serious uh, antichrist action going on in this movie. As we uh, as you established too in, in the opening of the show, where uh, the nun is actually overtook taking any, any other Conjuring movie to this point, I think right at the box office. Yeah, the <laughs> highest grossing of any by far, really. Other than the other than the first two Conjuring movies, yeah, by far, has made the most money. Whoever what? came up with this one, uh, you need a raise. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever decided to go ahead and uh, uh, shove that in this movie, yeah, yeah, you, you deserve a little extra in your paycheck. <laughs> hey James, what about nine? That's stupid. Oh my God, you're right, <laughs> <laughs> dummy. <laughs> uh. Another like kind of odd thing is uh, apparently in India, a uh, 65-year-old man complained of chest pains during the climax of the movie. He was later rushed to the hospital where he was declared dead. While watching Shortly this movie? After that, yeah. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Shortly after, the hospital staff transferred his body to a bigger hospital so it could be appropriately examined. Neither the body 
or the vehicle arrived at the hospital and has haven't has not been seen since. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> now, that, did, you can't get hardly any more PR than that for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I could have rode that one. Now, I mean, did, if this movie had come out in the seventies, they would have rode because how many movies a day now? You know, don't see this movie. You know, five people had a heart attack, and the, you know all the the uh, sort of uh, this movie will kill you. <laughs> well i think we've done this before but like like there were like uh i think like priests brought in like to the movie to like bless the the yeah uh, I, I saw i was going to mention that like i saw that now that, apparently that was attached to like they had some issues when they did the first movie there was some when they did the first conjuring movie there was some weird shit going on and we may have mentioned this back when we did the Conjuring episode, you I don't, don't say. <laughs> but uh, apparently, because there was some shit going on in that one, uh, they brought, like you said, they brought in a police, uh, a, pr- a police, a priest to uh, bless the movie or bless the set or whatever, so some crazy shit wouldn't go down here. I guess when you're hanging crosses upside down and uh, having a nun as the demon, you you might invoke some spirits. I don't know. <laughs> We're doing some messed up shit, so can you come and bless us? I yeah. mean, I don't know if it makes it okay that we're having it blessed and then doing it anyway. We just don't want to die so much. <laughs> Please! You know, we heard about some shit that happened during The Exorcist and The Poltergeist, and we don't want that same shit to happen here. Yeah. <laughs> don't make the movie then, bitch! Don't make the movie on an old Indian burial ground. That's the general rule <laughs> of not being haunted. Uh, Which, uh, this mo- I mean, this is totally... Uh, somewhat off topic it's not about the conjuring but the sh- shutter has a thing on called cursed where they've been showing stuff a uh, little half hour documentary type segments on cursed movies like uh, the exorcist and poltergeist and uh I forget, no, there's another one on there too but i don't know if there's enough there might be enough stuff on the conjuring to to do one of those one day mm-hmm. especially that one like willie just brought out i never even heard of that about that guy in the india the guy in india <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely some weird shit. That'd be something you'd like to do a little a little bit more reading on. So what the hell went on mm-hmm. there? They took a left when they should have took a right. <laughs> <laughs> Made that left turn at Albuquerque. Mm. So I, I found that list that I was uh, referring to a little while ago. Some other movies that they're talking about, like uh, in, uh, apparently in post production, is the one that you mentioned earlier. Smoke the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, mm-hmm. which I'm uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of unclear whether it's going to be The Conjuring 3 or just called The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It or whatever. There is going to be a second Nun film at some point. Apparently that's in development. And The Crooked Man, like I said earlier, is apparently in development. So that you got those two and then this this next uh, Conjuring movie that apparently, hopefully, is still on track to come out this year. I mean, God knows with this uh, worldwide pandemic going on, that <laughs> uh, it could be postponed like a lot of other movies or just... Uh, uh, release straight to a streaming service or Blu-ray or something, you know, or digital. But um, hopefully, by the time this thing is, according to this, it's supposed to come out September 11th, 2020, which is probably a, a bad day all around, anyways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to release, <laughs> the devil made me do it. But uh, yeah, apparently that's when it's supposed to come out, September 11th of 2020. So we'll see. And I guess we'll see where things go from here. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will be looking forward to that, and it'll make another. 200 plus million dollars i have no doubt <laughs> so is there anything else you guys dug up that we should uh throw out on the floor before we uh, get into the movie itself i'm just finding a lot of uh what willie mentioned about the uh uh the guy dying and in, uh in, in uh i'm finding a lot that uh is basically saying the exact same there are no updates to the story at all <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> I mean, there's just nothing yeah um 
there's nothing on Twitter about it. It was about any any sort of updates. It's just it's like the story hit on June uh, June nineteenth. The latest article is on June twentieth. Like somebody <laughs> was a day behind on this. Yeah. Was like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing after that. Either that or there's a curse on this story that no one will, uh, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> there could be some yeah, seedy ties going on there. We're like, you know what, we're just going to be quiet about this. This didn't happen. <laughs> Willie, you brought it up, so let's hope you don't disappear now. <laughs> don't look into it any further. I beg you. It's like that old wives tale, like there's this script uh, about like an Eskimo or something like that that, that has floated around like, Apparently, uh, John Belushi read it, and then he died. And then uh, John Candy had read it, and then he died. And Chris Farley read it, and he died. <laughs> Have you ever heard anything about that? I don't even remember what the name of the uh, script is. Something to do with, uh, like, a comedy about an Eskimo. <laughs> that's been floating. It's kind of like, the, like the ring, like the VHS tape in the ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's any uh, truth to it or not, but I've heard that before. <laughs> That this floated around, and there's like three or four guys that have like read this thing that were considered to do it, and then they died. No idea, man. Somebody out there in uh, Spook Show land, look that up and uh, contact us if you've got any information on that. Is it by chance the curse of a took? That's it, a took. That's it. Yep. That should be the next Conjuring movie. <laughs> the Conjuring 4. <laughs> the, con- the curse of a took. curse of a took. <laughs> and it's just fat comedians reading scripts and dying. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, John Belushi, Sam Kennison. Sam Kennison, that was the other one. <laughs> uh, Candy, Farley. <laughs> I knew we lost somebody. Will. My God, Will, where are you? I took. He got took by a took. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> he had to say something about that missing dude in India, didn't he? Damn it. <laughs> We've already cursed this podcast. Now we went from the missing guy in India, Eskimo thing. Now got, we're doomed. Yeah. We're well, fun. Josh brought that one up, so I think we're okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so I'll see you in hell. <laughs> uh, all right. So, anyways. It's intermission time. Time to pause and refresh at the snack bar. During this short break, you can treat your taste to good food and sparkling cold beverages, including delicious Coca-Cola. If you're hot dog hungry, we have them. Sizzling, juicy hot dogs served in warm, oven-fresh buns, plus a complete menu of all your favorites. Visit the Refreshment Center now. Enjoy delicious food and ice-cold Coca-Cola. All right, so The Conjuring 2, it begins... uh... In a bedroom, you see the bedroom with the, uh, the like, remember in uh, the Amityville Horror, the front of the house, the way it looks, you see those windows. And uh, then on the bottom it says Amityville, New York, 1976. You don't, I mean, I don't think really anything uh, happens there, right? You just kind of see the, the, the inside of the bedroom, right? And they're setting up some cameras or something. Yeah, 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 that's mm-hmm. what it was, yeah. So, like, they're in this bedroom and they're setting up some uh, some spooky equipment, you know, to, to, to catch whatever the hell they're trying to catch, you know, some visual evidence of a spirit or whatnot. And uh, the Warrens are there to investigate and t- uh, to confirm the story of, of what happened there in Amityville. Then Lorraine Warren goes into like a trance and it's like she's seeing slash acting out what happened that day. Like 
Like, uh, she's all of a sudden she's turned into like the dad or something. Wasn't that what it was? It was the dad that was going around doing that or. Yeah. That was my understanding. It was more of like an out of body experience. Yeah. Yeah. But like inside the body. Yeah. Yeah. Like she looks in the mirror and like sees the guy. Right. But it's, it's really her doing it. Like she's kind of, like you said, out of body experience. She's like cocking the gun and everything and going around and like, uh, going room to room and killing all the family and she sees a, a boy with like uh, white eyes and she follows him down to the basement which is of course the first thing you do if you see a creepy ass boy come around the corner <laughs> hey, let's follow him to wherever the fuck he's going right uh, yeah um, yeah and that's a good point to mention that seeing that in the theater that's exactly what the reaction you get in the theater too is like why the hell no don't go yeah. there <laughs> yeah that <laughs> uh, we should add like the best way to see these type of movies are opening night in like a crowded theater because <laughs> then you get all the best reactions <laughs> to everything yeah um, oh yeah, yeah. Still, still to this day, I think I think the best movie as far as a uh, film reaction that I ever went to go see was the first Scream movie, opening <laughs> night. Everybody was just talking to the screen. It was hilarious. Now I think one of the best ones I remember was like the first uh, Final Destination movie because um, we went and saw it like opening weekend or something like that, and everybody was reacting exactly the way you want them to react, you know, to everything that was happening. <laughs> um, well, in this sense, that's, uh, I would want to say, excuse me, little boy, uh, where did you come from? All right, I'm going to go that way while you're going downstairs. Yeah. What's your name there? Beelzebub? All right, well, see you later. <laughs> um, but, of course, she follows him down to the basement. Once again, to the basement. Um, <laughs> then, uh, of course, she goes down there and she sees, like, a, 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 she sees the nun in a mirror. And then uh, it grabs her. And then she sees someone, like, in the shadows, like, her nap, uh, his neck snap back. Uh, then she wakes up and then she tells uh, Ed Warren, who's there, like, you know, he's like, are you all right? Are you all right? She's like, yeah, this is as close to hell. Like, uh, I guess she yeah. wants to leave or something, right? She says, this is as close to hell as I ever want to get, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get the the screen crawl. It says, Ed and Lorraine Warren's investigation into the Amityville haunting sparked a media firestorm and catapulted them into the public eye. Meanwhile, a haunting that many would later compare to Amityville was unfolding thousands of miles away in Enfield, England. It would draw the Warrens into one of their most diabolical cases based on the true story. And that's the title screen, The Conjuring 2. And this is where you hear the timely, uh, two years before it came out, music track of uh, London Calling by The Clash (laughs) play. It's like a montage, the the usual montage of uh, shit in London. It's like this is the only song that anybody can ever pull up uh, when you're trying to transition in a movie to like someone going to London. It's fucking London Calling. (laughs) Every movie since 1980 has had... That is uh, going from U.S. to London has London Calling in it. This is and there's also another, uh, it's another Clash reference to like a spray paint on the walls. I fought the law. Yeah, uh, yeah, in that montage, the same yeah, that, sequence, yeah, yep. montage sequence. Yeah. Now you're introduced to the uh, the Hodgson kids, which we said was uh, what Janet, uh, Margaret, Billy, and Johnny. And uh, then then you see on the bottom of the screen when you see the outside of their house it says Hodgson Residence, Enfield, England, 1977. <laughs> the two girls of the family, Janet and Margaret. They take out this little like homemade Ouija board, like made on the back of a Frosted Flakes box, and they try to uh, you know mess around with it. And of course, it doesn't do anything. But she slides Janet slides it under her bed, which I guess that means like she's opened up the door to a fresh hell, putting this uh, Frosted Flakes Ouija board underneath her bed, right? <laughs> yeah, because it's always you know anytime you see a Ouija board in one of these movies, you know that I mean it's The Exorcist, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Couple others I can't think of right now. The other ones I just watched one the other day. It's like you know it starts. There's <laughs> a Ouija board. Even if it doesn't start it, it's there. You know. Yeah. In a lot of these possession movies, including well your ultimate Ouija board movie, 
and I'm not talking about Ouija that came out, but Witchboard from the 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's always the MacGuffin, right? That That's how you've uh, opened up yeah. the door to hell is these Ouija boards, <laughs> which is yeah. why I will never yeah. mess with one in, ever in my life. I've watched too many of these <laughs> movies. It's too late for me. It's too late for me, too. I had one as a kid. I've never <laughs> fucked with it and don't plan <laughs> on fucking with it. I'm not tempting fate, I can tell you that. <laughs> I will say this. I tried to get rid of it multiple times, and it kept coming back. <laughs> shit, you're full of shit. <laughs> Willie, he's been dead for 10 years. <laughs> Who's Willie? <laughs> really, it was just your mom's like, Willie, you left your damn Ouija board on the living room floor again. I put it in your room. <laughs> <laughs> shit. You go back and listen to this, and all you're hearing from me is... <laughs> 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 There's just audio interference where Willie is talking. <laughs> And uh, meanwhile, 29 episodes in, no one's ever fucking pointed this out. (laughs) All right, so uh, then it cuts to uh, Janet. She's laying in bed, um, and she wakes wakes up in the living room. (laughs) And there's like, there's not even like a trend, uh, uh, like a, uh, you don't see anything happen. It's just like, ah, fluffing up my pillow, ready for a night's rest. Bam, she's in the living room. Then her sister Margaret wakes up to like hear beating on the door. She looks over, Janet's not there. Um, and she opens up the door. No one, no one's standing there. Like, where the hell did this beating come from, right? Then you cut to the Warrens. They're on a talk show called the Becky Rivers Show. Now, is this a real show somewhere, or is this just made up for, you know, to show that they're on talk shows? I don't know. But uh, regardless, so that there's like a, so it's them on stage in this show with like this skeptic guy. I guess he's like a doctor who, you know, you know, I guess is an expert in the field and calls everything horseshit. Um, and Ed kind of has a little bit of an argument with him and. She has to cool them off afterwards. The easy way or the hard way. <laughs> then it cuts to Janet. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the hard way. <laughs> you know, for for two men, I mean, you know, look, to each their own, right? I mean, but just saying. So then it cuts to Janet and Billy, and they're playing with this little zoetrope uh, of the crooked man, which is like a zoetrope is like one of these little, like I guess it's like a wind-up toy kind of thing that spins. And you see, like, the little cartoon or the drawing inside. Uh, the lights flicker when the thing passes, so it kind of looks like they're moving, right? It's almost like a little, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what do they call those optical things? Optical illusion? Yeah, optical illusion, but, like, the old machines, the penny arcade machines kind of thing, right? Isn't that kind of what it yeah, is? Yeah, like where a, it flips the papers, like, real fast or whatever. And yeah, yeah, flip yeah. The little thing. Kind of like that. On each in, one, yeah. yeah, yeah, in a way. Um, so they're messing around with this thing, which obviously is inviting evil into the house, right? I mean, who plays with these old-timey toys in 1977 at the least? And what um, kind of mother buys them for them? I guess when you're poor, which clearly that's the, the whole thing here, right? They're poor. Uh, you just play with whatever the hell you can find. So they, <laughs> they found the uh, incarnate <laughs> of evil and brought it into the house, apparently. Here's a Ouija board, son. Here's cooking, man. Uh, I found this Ouija board in the trash out back. I think she'd have it. <laughs> I found this zoetrope in the in the trash, uh, and I made a Ouija board out of my Frosted Flakes box. So uh, everything's cool here. Nothing to see. So then Janet is like, I would say she's sleepwalking, but she's like sleep talking in the room. She's like standing up and like arguing with somebody that you know you can't hear the other side of the argument. And then uh, Margaret wakes up here. It's like what the fuck, you know? And then like. Lay down, you know, what's wrong with you, Janet? She lays her, she like tucks her into the bed. And then uh, Janet yells near her 
and you hear the old man say, "This is my house." <laughs> this scared the <laughs> this scared the shit out of me when I was watching it because like it's one of those like it's one of those like it's kind of quiet and you're leaning in like what the fuck you know what am I supposed to? And he, this is my house, goddamn! You know, like you just jump back. <laughs> it's like one of, the, one of those classic jump scares that works, you know? Like, oh yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, Basically, like Tom Savini had mentioned about sleight of hand, like a magician, sort of, you know, you, you get somebody's attention focused over here, and then over there is, bam, there's where it is, instead of the obje- the obvious place for it to pop up. I've watched enough of these movies to know I should know better, you know, that when you don't <laughs> when you don't hear any music or anything, when it's dead silent, <laughs> something's coming, right? <laughs> but it still gets you anyways, of course. This yeah. is my house! Um, <laughs> then, uh, Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> what what is it, Batman? <laughs> I failed you. <laughs> and of course, like this, you know, he screams out, "This is my house!" And then you don't see anything, and then uh, it just goes back to bed. Which I'd be up all fucking night. Now I'm <laughs> I'm done, right? Like some old man just screamed in my face and scared the holy shit out of me. I'm not going back to bed, man. <laughs> Then it cuts to like uh, Billy, like uh, he wakes up and uh, he rolls. Uh, then he get up to get something to drink because he had been uh, eating his biscuits. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that this scene, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, she said, "Don't eat all the biscuits; it'll it'll dry you up, and you have to get up and get something to wa- uh, something to drink in the middle of the night." And of course, that's what happens. So then, like he picks up his fire truck and he puts it in the teepee, and there's like his little teepee tent that he has like set up in the hallway, and then uh, it rolls back down the hallway, like lights blaring and everything. So then he take he picks it up, takes it back over, then rolls it in, and then it comes, then it rolls out of the tent straight at him. Then of course, that it's another one of those fucking jump screams right here, right? I think there was a loud scream when it runs when it uh rolls back out. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what he said, but there was just a really loud scream when it happened. So it was another one of those motherfucker, you know, moments when you're watching it, especially if you got good sound, like you got good surround sound going or something like that. Like I did when I was watching this. <laughs> Trust me, it scares the shit out yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why, Josh. Yeah, that's why. I'm a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> You've gotten to the the heart of the matter, Will. I don't know. It took me so long to finally say it, but uh, you got me. So then, of course, he goes and gets his mom. Like, mom, there's someone in the house, and of course, there's nothing. Then uh, you see Janet uh, in a rocking chair. Like, there's like a chair in the corner downstairs in the living room. You see her sitting down there during this. Right, I think it's like right afterwards. She gets up and like walks upstairs or something like that. Um, so somehow she's found herself down there randomly. Then the next morning, she uh, her mom tells her to stay home, you know, because all this has happened. Maybe you're not feeling well, so you stay home. So she's sitting there watching the TV, and the channel keeps changing. Then she looks down, and the remote's gone. She's looking for it, and her mom calls. Then she looks down, and the remote control's sitting on that rocking that uh, that rocking recliner chair. Then uh, then the TV goes completely out. Like she's like, "What the fuck?" It goes out, and then there's a reflection of an old man sitting in that rocking chair. And she turns around, and there's nothing there. But but the remote control just falls from midair, just blink. And then it's another fucking jump scare. My house right behind her. <laughs> <laughs> And this is this is at this point this is part where I'm like straight up cracking up. <laughs> I so wish like I could say I was cracking up instead I kept to make shitting it myself upstairs. Like that that shit worked perfectly. Yeah. That scare for me made me want to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it got me, man. I was leaning all in like, oh, man, that's that's messed up. That remote just fell to the ground. <laughs> My house got Got me again, son of a bitch. <laughs> this old bastard. So then uh, Ed Warren, for some reason, decides he's going to paint this creepy-ass uh, devil nun because um, he sees it in his dream. And the only way he knows uh, 
how to deal with this is to paint this creepy ass demon. And then Lorraine looks at it and kind of says, you know what? We need to stop doing new cases for a while. We're, we're, you know, we, we can keep doing the, uh, the, uh, speeches or whatever we've been doing, but we need to stop with the new cases. Like, all right, whatever. Oh yeah. Cause I don't know if we, did we mention it in the open where she, her vision, one of, one of the things in her distinct vision in the Amity, or well, when she was having the right around the Amityville scene or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Now was her, her husband right a vision with a, something impaling him. You know, now sure I what, couldn't quite, like... I couldn't quite tell in that vision what was going on. I just saw like a kind of a shadowy dude in the corner, and his head kind of snaps back, and then she screams. So I couldn't tell exactly oh, yeah, what was that going. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and the first, <laughs> the first, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I, I was, I was trying to hit mute, but I couldn't do it in time. Man. <laughs> Sorry. I thought an elephant took a shit in the microphone. <laughs> Bless you. So, anyways, uh, back to the demon nun. So, yeah, I, I think in that in that original vision scene, I couldn't quite tell uh, what was going on there, but I, I think you do see it a little bit more clear here in a little while. What exactly oh, yeah. was going on there? So maybe that's what you're thinking of. That's um, like, yeah, the, the initial one was the neck breaking, looking sna neck snapping. Yeah, just kind of like, the, and you can't really tell who it is. She just like sees it and yeah. then she screams. You know, so I, I, at least I couldn't tell. What the hell was going on there? So then it cuts back to Janet. She's at the, uh, in the house getting ready for bed. And she like ties herself down to the bed to, uh, you know, so she wouldn't sleepwalk away. And then immediately, like as soon as she falls asleep, falls out of the bed. Uh, then here's someone beating on the door and she goes over and checks. And of course there's no one there. And then she goes out in the hallway and, uh, she flips the light switch. Of course there's no light. So she's got the, the flashlight going. She goes downstairs, sees the chair rocking by itself. She, then she runs up to the bed like, and does the, the little kid hiding under the sheets thing, like this is going to do anything, right? <laughs> hiding under <laughs> the covers. keeps the flashlight on her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, like, the sheet gets ripped off of her, and then all of a sudden both beds, like, because she's got, she shares a room with her sister Margaret, both their beds start rocking, and, and not because uh, some guys came a-knocking, right? <laughs> uh, they come, the, the beds start rocking and shit, then the mom comes in, and she's like, all right, y'all got to stop this shit, you know, it's the... It's the middle of the night, but, like, Janet has, like, a bite mark on her uh, shoulder, like, right below her neck there. Um, so she thinks they're playing, and then, like, you know, she's kind of starting to fuss them out. Then all of a sudden, the dresser slides across the room and just slams the door shut. So now they all fucking take off running out of the house, which is uh, what I would have done, like, a, a few nights ago when the old man jumps out and says, My house! I'd be out of that motherfucker, but... <laughs> <laughs> they decided to stay this long. They, so they all get together and they run across the street to the uh, Nottingham house, which uh, then it comes up on the bottom says Nottingham residence. So they're kind of telling, uh, the mom is kind of telling her, you know, what the hell was going on. And she saw it with her own eyes and everything. And they have a dog and like, it's got like a little bell on the side of the door and it rings the bell when it wants to go out. I just thought I'd point that out for what happens. You know, obviously it's foreshadowing for a scene a little bit later on. So then the cops arrive and they go into the house, and they hear noises, and then, uh, this is hilarious, like, they're like, uh, I hear something coming from the walls, and then they move a chair to, like, kind of check it, she gets down, and all of a sudden, the chair goes down the hallway and back into the, uh, kitchen, and then the next scene is the cops leaving, like, well, we'll file a report, see you later, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is obviously the natural reaction to all of this, is, uh, you know, I'm leaving, and you shouldn't be here either, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you're poor, I would live under a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so then uh judy warren which is the uh, ed and lorraine warren's uh, uh i guess like uh 12 13 year old daughter she like uh she's sitting there like uh drawing or coloring or doing something in the living room with her mom there and it's like she senses something and she looks down the hallway and she's like mom 
what is that? <laughs> or they're like, who is that? And you look down the hallway and the nun is standing there. Then Lorraine says, uh, go back in the living room. And then she follows the nun down to the room, which is all things you shouldn't do. Like, none of this, right? <laughs> um, Again, this is that re- the, the theatrical reaction. What the hell? What? No, don't go in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so she follows the nun down to the hallway and goes into, uh, I, I think it's uh, uh, Ed's study room or his office or whatever. She uh, sees the, the painting of the nun hanging on the wall, like, beside the door. And she's standing there looking at it. Then all of a sudden, like uh, one of those reel-to-reel like uh, tape recorders is sitting on the desk, and it starts playing. What does it play? Like, uh, uh, oh shoot, I, I don't blanked on the side. It's like a Christmas song, right? Like, uh, I'm blanking all, on now too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Ah, shit. I thought it was a religious song, though. Yeah, yeah. I, it I seems always, like it pops up again later in the. It does, movie. but I, th- I always took it more of like a Christmas song. It's a religious song. It's like you know the. The king Grandma is here. got run over. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's it. There, <laughs> there should be a re-edit. <laughs> we need to do the re-edit of this movie now <laughs> and go back and put Grandma got run over by a reindeer in this scene. Um, I can't remember. But, yeah, it's one of those religious, like, the king is here, kind of like, you know, this is fucked up while they're playing this song in the middle of this thing. But it's one of those kind of things. It starts playing, and uh, then you, she looks back over at the painting of the nun, and the eyes glow. And then the win- uh, the the door slams shut and the window shutters close, so she's locked into the room. And then she looks over and sees a shadow start walking across the room. Now I'm not waiting for this shadow to get to wherever the fuck it's going, but she stands there and wa- yeah. watches this shadow. I where it's headed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see this through now. I'm dead anyways. <laughs> um, so she w- sees the shadow walk across the room. It goes behind the painting. You see the hands come out from behind the painting and then run at her, like grab the painting off the wall and run toward her. So she falls back. <laughs> then the nun, like, uh, it, it's like kind of this chaotic thing. Like she falls back and looks over and the nun points and it's Ed standing there. He says, I'm sorry, Lorraine. And then you see him get stabbed through the chest. So that's the, uh, the vision yeah. right there that you, uh, referred to a second ago. Um, then she wakes up and you realize, you know, that this was just one of her visions. But she is, like, during this, she has, like, scratched some letters and wrote all over the Bible she had in her hand while she was having the vision. Then it cuts to a scene of a reporter doing a story on the Hodgsons. And I, I think some of this is, like, based on what really happened, right? The reporting and the newspapers and the the, lo- uh, the news or whatever in the country at the time. Then, uh, it, sh- then it kind of slowly, like, dissolves into an interview that uh, this guy is doing with Janet and Margaret, like, sitting on the couch. They're kind of talking to her while they're filming it and everything. And then uh, Janet starts talking, like, she starts sounding like an old man all of a sudden. And then she, this is when they find out who it is or what this demon or spirit is or whatever. And he says, my name's Bill, Bill Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly she's possessed because like this uh well 11 year old girl sounds like a 72 year old man because i think he even says oh, i'm 72 years old so then my uh, name uh, no nothing <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, fuck it i quit so yeah so then like uh, uh apparently they pull out this damn creepy ass zoetrope again and start playing with it and uh, the crooked man disappears. Like, they turn it on, they're watching, and all of a sudden the fucking crooked man just disappears off of it. Like, the little cartoon guy disappears. Billy hears the, the, the bell ring at the door, so the dog is uh, hitting the bell to be let out. And then all of a sudden it just turns into the crooked man. Like, <laughs> it just, it's a dog sitting there, and all of a sudden it, it just transforms into this fucking, like, eight-foot-tall crooked man. <laughs> Autobots, Transform! <laughs> into into fucked up shit. Man. 
So yeah, the crooked man like chases uh, Billy around, and then uh, he turns around. But then like they hear the he goes back into the room, and everybody's like, he's screaming and shit, and everybody's kind of standing there, and they hear the the crooked man uh, poem or whatever it is, right? I'm a crooked man that lives in a crooked house, whatever the hell else he says. And then it comes around the corner, and it's Janet, and she's clearly uh, been possessed once again by Bill or or whatever the fuck is going on here. Um, oh, I'm Bill Wilkins. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> I'm 12 years old. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. And then, like, the fireplace, like, I don't know what you'd call it, the, 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 the cover that goes in front of a fireplace, it just gets picked up and tossed across the room and, like, sticks into, like, this uh, cabinet that's in the corner. So then that's when, uh, I guess, they finally start to decide to call in the big guns. So then it cuts to a scene where the pre- uh, there's a priest kind of filling in the warrants to this case and telling them, you know, like, hey, we need the church to go investigate this. We'd like y'all to go and check it out. Um, Lorraine is hesitant because, like I said, we said earlier, she's had this vision that uh, Ed's going to die. So she's kind of like, you know, I don't really want to do this, but uh, she agrees to do it anyways. So then, of course, they arrive in uh, England, and uh, they, show, they, they go to the Hodgson uh, house, and they are shown the room full of crosses. Now <laughs> they've got the, the main bedroom, I guess the girl's bedroom, they've got, like, 48 crosses hanging on the walls in this room to like ward it out. And they, uh, uh lock the room up with like a chain and a padlock and everything. Cause that's not going to backfire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all going to go smooth from here on out. Um, <laughs> then there's a scene where Lorraine talks to Janet and, 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 uh, Janet tells her that the spirit, uh, wants to hurt her. Then, uh, so they decide to do this little thing where like Janet's going to sit in that chair in the living room, that rocking chair in the corner. And she's going to have like a mouthful of water. So, like, I guess they could see whether the she's doing this voice or not, I guess is the premise, right? Then it says, uh, she says, well, he won't talk since y'all are looking at him. So then she puts the water back in her mouth, and they all turn around, and then, of course, it starts talking. And it's and it's pretty cool the way they did this effect, too. Like, it almost looks like the dude sitting there. Like, you know, it's kind of a blurry oh, yeah. image. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, that clearly kind of her. Like focus, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's clearly her. But then it's in the background's out. Yeah, yeah it's called Boken. Is that what the effect is? or? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the blurry background. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, that they do that, and then <laughs> uh, that. <laughs> yeah, man, it's that. Uh, so they do that, and like you, you can see him, like you can see her kind of slowly transform into the guy, kind of. You know, like you can see him talking and everything as he's talking. And then, uh, so Ed's having this conversation with him. He's like, "This is my house. I came here to uh, visit my family. I'm not going to leave." And then uh, Ed shows him, like, he's got, like, a necklace with a cross on it. He shows it to him, and then you hear, no, no, no. And then he, uh, I, you assume that uh, Bill leaves, and she spits the water out. And, you know, it looks like maybe everything, you know, maybe that chased him off. Everything will be all right. So they all go to bed that night. You know, the Warrens are sleeping there at the house. And then somewhere in the house you hear whistling. And uh, Janet wakes up, and she's on the ceiling in the living room. Uh, <laughs> Upside down on the ceiling. Then she looks down, and uh, the old man, Bill, is sitting in the rocker in the corner. Uh, and he just stands up and goes upstairs and then pulls Janet. Like, she's still got that rope where she tied herself, you know, before she went to sleep. Uh, she's still got the rope on her arm. Uh, Bill goes upstairs and, like, pulls her into that uh, cross room. You know, remember the bedroom with all the crosses and everything. And then all the crosses inside that room flip upside down. And then, of course, Bill appears in the room, the old man, and grabs a hold of her. And, he, and they hear the struggling and everything, and everybody comes to rush there. And then the door's cracked open, but, like, you know, you can't get it all the way open because it's chained shut. And then the mom, Peggy, she sees Bill, 
um, grab a hold of her and pull her in. She's like, oh, I got, oh, God, someone's in there with her. So the Warrens help, like, unpadlock it and open up the door, and they rescue her from these curtains. Because apparently he's got some curtains, like, uh, draped, around, <laughs> draped around her head and her neck, and uh, he's choking her out with them. So they save her from the and curtains. I guess some poor neighborhoods are made out of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, uh, the Warrens and uh, uh, the, uh, the Morris guy and, and the uh, skeptic lady, they're all together, and they debate whether this is uh, legit or not. They think it... They're, maybe they're kind of thinking this might be a little bit of a put on because so far they haven't seen anything that you couldn't disprove, right? So then there's a couple of different random scenes where, like, I guess this is kind of like the levity scene before the shit goes down. Ed kind of picks up a guitar and starts singing uh, an Elvis song, uh, "I Can't Help Falling in Love with You." That that song, um, he's singing it to him, and everybody sings along. It's kind of this little happy moment with the kids. Uh, and I don't then, know how's it go. Uh, you know, you know how it goes. So then there's like this, uh, they're, they're having like a montage where they're setting up all their equipment and shit in the house. And then he picks up like this, this big ass camera and he's looking through it and he says, oh man, this, this, this is crazy. It's so small and light. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, you know, yeah, the, the size of a desk, you know, one of those old big, <laughs> yeah. you know. Everything's relative, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1977 at this point, yeah. So then uh, Lorraine is out talking with uh, Morris, and he tells her that, uh, like, you know, I kind of want to help them out because uh, my daughter just uh, died, you know, at some point in the you know recent past, and I kind of want to believe that there's life after death or whatever, so I'm helping them out to kind of try to get proof that this is actually a thing, right? Then Ed decides to kind of help around around the house, and he goes down into a flooded basement. And then, of course, Bill appears. And uh, he, <laughs> he's, like, creeping up on him. She's like, there's someone behind you. And he looks, and there's nothing. And then all of a sudden, Bill appears. She looks down, and Bill's underwater looking at her. <laughs> and then he grabs a hold of her and pulls her down, and then he bites her on the arm. And then they hear, like, a uh, plunk in the water, and, they, and Ed looks around, and he finds, like, uh, the partial, like, false teeth uh, underwater. <laughs> and it fits the uh, the bite mark, right, where the, the two teeth are missing on the bite mark on her arm or whatever. So then it cuts to the kids in the living room, and Janet sees something down the hallway, like, in the kitchen. But you can't really see what's going on. So the uh, the one of the brothers, Johnny, he goes in the kitchen to look, and he finds like there's like eight to ten knives like stuck in the kitchen table, and he pulls one out, and then all of a sudden uh, he looks behind him, and then Janet's standing there with a knife, and then just chaos ensues. Like you know, you hear boom bang, you know, all kinds of shit going on in the kitchen. <laughs> it's like a Tom and Jerry fight in there. All of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, was... <laughs> they they, uh, they they bust in and they see that the kitchen's torn all to hell. Uh, turns out Johnny's okay. They find him pretty quick, but then Janet's missing. So they're looking around, they hear, and then they open up this closet. And it's, I guess it's like a hot water heater or a furnace or something in this closet. And she's all twisted up in there, like all around it. Like, uh, and she's saying something like, uh, it's kind of half talking in the, in the Bill Wilkins voice. (laughs) Well, a spoon cousin. <laughs> so pretty much right on cue this is when anita the skeptic lady she shows up and uh she says uh it's all a lie she's faking it and then she shows them a tape of janet in there like purposefully like bending the spoon and flipping the table over and throwing the plates everywhere like, ripping the kitchen up you see her like purposefully doing it so like, this is the proof this is all a lie she's, she's put all this bullshit on so then everybody leaves and the warrens decide to leave too because like the church like this is enough evidence to prove that like this isn't real so we're leaving they leave, and uh, then Janet explains to a couple of the other kids that she did it on purpose because uh, Bill told her that uh, she would kill them if if uh, they didn't make if she didn't find a way to make them leave. 
So that's why she did that on purpose. Now, see, at this point, I would have called the ghost bluff. Because at this point, <laughs> nobody in the movies died. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do, Bill? Huh? <laughs> you fucking pussy well, ghost. I'm just going to scare the shit out of you. Uh, that's, <laughs> why that's are you saying this? <laughs> you hurt Bill's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying the best I can. I got the handbook of the recently deceased. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so then, like, so Ed and Lorraine, they they board the train. They're ready to head out, and then like uh, a couple of the tapes or the reels fall on the ground, and there's like this X. So then somehow he gets this. You know what? Maybe I should cross these tapes together. And uh, th- this was the one scene that was like, ah, right, come on, you know, like right. He decides they decide to pull out the two reel to reel recorders because everybody carries and two. He's, yeah, he's got two right. And he's instantly able to cue them up right at the exact moment that they would play together. Right? Like, he rewinds them willy-nilly, but then they start right at the same spot that they need to start. And then when played together, it's, uh, you hear Bill saying, It won't let me go. So I just thought that was a little uh, over the top, right? This whole this whole thing. But whatever. So, like, they piece together, like, wait a minute. You know, like, uh, this isn't just Bill doing this. this, this some, something else is, a, is afoot here. You know, there's a bigger demonic presence here. And, and I think you should point out at this point, Lorraine can't feel any, like, spirits anywhere around. And I guess that's how she is able to tell what's going on in other places. Yeah. She doesn't really, like, feel, like, feel it in this house. Like, nothing, you know, very serious, I guess, in this house up to this point. So then this is when Lorraine has another vision in, uh, of Bill. She sees the nun, and that, like... Now she realizes that the nun, the demon or whatever, has enslaved Bill Wilkins' spirit, right? Like, she's kind of getting him to do to do the work uh, of uh, of keeping them, of whatever the hell the point of all this is, right? <laughs> like, I'm a little confused at that part, right? Like, why, sh- why this demon needed Bill Wilkins involved, who knows? But I guess that's the connection, right? I don't know. But basically, she, I guess she's <laughs> wanting the soul of Janet and Margaret or whatever, uh, specifically Janet, so like... This is why they've got like the spirit of Bill and they're locked in there. So she comes to this realization. So they decide they're going to go back. Then uh, they go. It cuts back to him and instantly Margaret's fucking levitating uh, in the living room. They're all screaming and Janet has gone like full demon over in the corner, like laughing with yellow eyes and everything. Uh, and then slings Margaret across the room. Uh, they all run out and then she manages to lock them out. So like no one can get in the house. And that's right when the Warrens come back to the house. Ed manages to, like, find a way in the back door. He gets in, then the door shuts, and they can't get in. Like, Lorraine and the uh, the Nottingham neighbor, he can't get in. So uh, he comes and takes, like, a, a pickaxe, or not a pickaxe, but a, a hatchet. And he's uh, kind of chopping at the door real slowly, like, eh, eh. <laughs> Not making any kind of headways. He's like, eh, eh. He can't get in. <laughs> <laughs> he can't get in there fast enough. So like Ed's in there fucking fighting fighting a demon and they can't knock a hole in this door to get in there. So uh then Ed's in there struggling or whatever, you know, fight kind of like finding his way into the house and then he's uh he he gets into like the living room to like a, a hole in the floor and then as soon as he stands up like uh the spirit like uh, opens up a steam pipe and burns him in the face so he can't he can see but he can't see very well everything's all blurry of course so then uh lorraine recalls the demon's name because she's established that like all right we need to know what the name of this demon is because like if we know it's named then we have the power over it um then she recalls it like wait a minute when she had that vision you know she was writing shit in the bible which conveniently she puts all this shit together right (laughs) wait a minute Hmm. she wouldn't look that up why did i do this what did i write (laughs) yeah so she rushes out and gets the bible and puts it together that the the letters spell out the name Valak. 
So now they have the name of the demon. Um, then right at that moment when she says the name, lightning hits this tree and like splits it apart. And the tree is, uh, the, the what's left of the tree stump is like this huge spike in the ground now. So now you're getting the connection to the vision she saw with Ed, you know, getting pierced with this spike to the chest. <clears throat> then, of course, we go back to this fucking zoetrope. It's, it's, in the, it's around again. It's spinning and playing the Crooked Man song. And then the Crooked Man disappears when Ed is looking at it. And then it turns around and it's like right behind him and it kind of chases him down the hallway into the room. Then Lorraine finds a way in. Then Ed finds Janet in this room. Remember the, the, the bedroom with all the, uh, the 48 crosses in there. Um, Janet's standing in there and she blows the windows open and she's about to jump on that tree, you know, that's basically just a huge spike in the ground now. Uh, and he manages to get over to her just in time to catch her, but he's only hanging on by like a curtain. Then Lorraine comes in uh, and of course right in between them the nun... Uh, appears and then she basically just easily dispatches him <laughs> at this point valak i know your name and i'm condemning you to hell boom he's gone and then she manages to grab ed and janet before they fall under the tree so all's well next morning uh you know you find that everyone's okay and you know everybody's getting checked out with an ambulance or everything and um then ed decides to give janet his cross saying like you know if uh, if you ever need this you know it's yours now and Eventually, when you get old enough, you pass it on to someone else, which I'm sure that will eventually come up in some other movie at some point, right? No. Then, you, no. then you see on the screen the words, The haunting of Enfield would go on to become one of the most documented cases in paranormal history. Peggy Hodgson would continue to live out the rest of her days in the Green Street house. In 2003, she passed away quietly while sitting in a chair in the living room in the exact same spot where Bill Wilkins had died 40 years earlier. So then, like you see there, it, I, I think, uh, well, you don't see the credits just yet. Then it cuts back to uh, Ed Warren. He's finally back at his house, and he puts the zoetrope, the crooked man zoetrope, into the uh, evil room, you know, his uh, haunted artifacts room, whatever the hell you want to call it. Like, everyone has this room in, her house, in their house, right? So <laughs> um, <laughs> he puts the zoetrope in there. No. So and, and then you see, <laughs> oh, you don't have an evil room? Well... No, um, no, no, I keep that one out. No, um, but you do see Annabelle uh, sitting behind him, like in that case in the background. So they had to get, they had to slip Annabelle in there, right? Then, uh, then you see uh, the Warrens dance in the living room to that Elvis song, "Falling in Love with You." That, that plays, and then that's it. It says credits. Then during the like the first like you know few minutes of the credits, uh, they play the actual interview tapes of uh, Janet Hodgson when she's like possessed by Bill Wilkins and you can hear her talk like Bill and everything while they're showing like comparison pictures of like, you know, the real pictures of the Warrens versus the movie and yeah. the Hodgson's and so on. So, and then the credits and that's it. So uh, there you have it. The Conjuring 2 from 2016, the third installment of the Conjuring universe. Donnie, you're our guest today. So uh, we do a star rating zero to five, you know, obvious uh, zero being horrible, don't recommend it to five being one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. So where would you uh, land this one for you? What do you, how many stars would you give it? I'd probably three. Uh, I'd probably go as high as three and a half. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Will, what do you think? Yeah. yeah I'm going to sit on three and a half on this one. I, I, I would have went a lot higher except, uh, instead of, uh, being scared in some scenes, I was laughing. Um, <laughs> uh, but there, there was a lot of good stuff in here. I mean, like the early, you know, scares where they're just kind of trying to be uh, ominous and and not really showing you what you want to see. I think that's the stuff that works the best in this movie. Yeah, uh, a good point. Smoke, where are you at on this? Uh, okay, I'm going. Uh, landed at uh, three, three stars for me on this one. Enjoyed it. I actually liked it a little bit better this time around than this. This is probably my third time seeing it. 
Well, third, second full time seeing. I think I started watching it at some point and then had to stop for some reason. So the second time I've seen it all the way through to the end. It's, and I liked it a little bit better than the first time. So I'll go with three. Uh, you know, it's got, I think it continues, it keeps things in the Conjuring universe moving along pretty good. Much better than the Curse of La Llorona, for instance. <laughs> or even the Nun, which we'll get to the Nun at some point, too. So, uh, But yeah, I'd land at the three. And I, I, don't, I can't remember if I gave the Conjuring, the first Conjuring. I think we get, we all gave it unanimous, but I can't remember what that was. It a four? Or was yeah. It, yeah, I actually went and uh, pulled that up just now since we've done two of these before. I, I I failed to mention it up to now, and I'm sorry. But for The Conjuring, we all all three of us gave it four stars. And for Annabelle, Will, you gave it uh, three and three-quarter stars. Smoke, you gave it two and a half stars, and then I gave it three stars. That was for Annabelle. Huh. So, Donnie, you gave that it three. That like three for me. Three. For Smoke is three. Uh, Will, what did you say? I'm sorry. Three and a half. Three and a half. I think I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go three and a half. I think th this isn't quite as good, like I said earlier, as the first Conjuring movie. And I agree with you, Smoke. It, it seems like it, I did enjoy it a little bit more this time around than, I, than the first time that I watched it for some, for whatever reason. It's all in when you see it and, w and what you've seen, like right before yeah. it or something yeah. like that, too. You know, like you said, it's always subjective. Yeah, I think but... it's a, sort of a, there's a certain amount of anticipation for seeing something that's you know, like as strong as the first movie. Yeah. Or I mean, not that you expect it to be exactly like that one, but there's a, that bit of anticipation. And when it doesn't quite live up to that one, then the initial reaction is a little bit of disappointment or whatever. And then you get a little bit of time, I guess, when you review it the next time. For me, anyways, that's the way I yeah. felt about this, the way I felt about the Halloween remake, the most recent Halloween remake. Mm -hmm. I mean, not remake, but sequel. And a few other, quite a few other movies, too, like that. And I think I pointed this out all the way when we did Annabelle in episode 12. When, I watched, uh, when we watched Annabelle for that episode, I went and watched The Conjuring right before it, you know, just so I could kind of mm -hmm. get the context, because it had been a while since I'd seen The Conjuring. So then oh. that, that kind of downgraded Annabelle... For me, oh yeah. When I watched, I'm like, yeah. I just watched The Conjuring. And then Annabelle's like, man, this movie is just not as good as The Conjuring, you know. So, I kind of had to knock it back a step when we watched that one. So, it's all in when you watch it, you know. That's that's the point, you know. Is it's kind of subjective to what you've seen recently, and like, well, this was way better than that, so on and so forth. You know, we've mentioned that a few times. It's also worth mentioning The Conjuring Two on IMDb. It got 7.3 out of 10 stars, which you know. Is pretty fair rating and on rotten tomatoes really good score uh 81 percent in both the tomato meter and audience score both were actually at 81 percent. so this one got pretty good reviews i mean even on the aggregate you know of uh rotten tomatoes that's that's pretty damn good i mean that's certified fresh on their little scale you know so yeah i think but the point is i think we all enjoyed it and uh, we definitely recommend you checking it out so uh uh donnie uh how did you how did you enjoy your uh first time guest guesting on the old show here Ah, man, you know, it's just like old times. You know, it's just a little different. It's a little out of my wheelhouse as far as uh, uh, being able to, you know, banter back and forth, being a, well, you know, b being a, a a horror movie guy, but also uh, I've kind of been out of the uh, movie review uh, realm for quite a long time. So, uh, uh, but no, it was fun. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely enjoyed having you on, and hopefully, uh, we can do this on the regular every once in a while. You can jump on, you know, if uh, maybe when we do uh, 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 the next street trash type movie, we can uh, get you on to <laughs> we can have a little fun with that. Oh um, yeah, That'd I also, awesome, also failed to mention too. You uh, uh, earlier when I was introducing you, actually went to film school, right? I did. Yeah, I went to Full Sail. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, to have a uh, uh, like a four and a half year uh, freelance uh, career, mainly in Chicago, um, 
did worked on a bunch of music videos and commercials and such. Um, did one movie um, for about a week. It was uh, Shall We Dance, and yeah, totally forgettable. But <laughs> J Lo's ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you have that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you bring a, a slightly different perspective than either of us. I mean, you've actually been on that side of the uh, lens, per se, uh, at least a little bit, you know. So yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Donnie, we we definitely appreciate you coming on, man. And hopefully, like I said, uh, we can yeah. do this again sometime soon. Um, for oh, yeah. the for Thanks, the next for the next episode, uh, we are going to be watching f- the original Friday the Thirteenth from nineteen eighty. The one that started the uh, the whole uh, fr- uh, franchise and kind of elevated the slasher flick to a, a whole different level, right? Smoke when this came out. Oh yeah, definitely started off that whole. It didn't start it off, but really opened up the whole holiday horror kick after Halloween had begun it. On IMDb, the synopsis for Friday the Thirteenth, which I mean, I'm, I'm sure at this point you've seen this movie, you know, a <laughs> hundred times, yeah. but I'll go ahead and read the synopsis. A group of camp counselors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp where, years before, it was the site of a child's drowning and a grisly double murder. So, uh, before I continue, we forgot to do uh, our, our couple of our new features there, um, which it just brought it to mind with Friday the 13th. Will, uh, you do the kill count with each episode. I'm sure this one's pretty easy, but Friday the 13th is going to have you uh, doing a little bit more work. So, uh, what's the, what's the uh, kill count on uh, this episode of... Uh, the spook show here with the conjuring too. Uh, I counted five live people and one dead person that all died in this movie. So that'd be a total of six. Hmm. So what's the, what's the count? You're talking about the, uh, the five at the beginning, five family members uh-huh. and then the nun going back. Well, I mean, I, I guess the nun, I guess is dead, but also going back to hell. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah, it's okay. left to interpretation, <laughs> whether you want to call it, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dying. This is almost as loose as uh, counting uh, Dracula being sucked back into limbo in uh, the Monster Squad. So. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to do kill counts when you're doing supernatural yeah. elements. In. We've we've probably picked a couple of bad ones to start this uh, kill count thing on. It's hard it's harder to keep a count with these type of moves. It's not like you're setting me up for failure, guys. <laughs> what? No. Well, it's also it's also the other thing to to you know segging into the other thing that we're doing. It's also not that you know these two movies that we've done aren't really high body count movies or you know the other new thing we're doing is the gore score thing which is a tribute to the late great Chaz Balin mm-hmm. uh, who used to do the gore score but so yeah these two movies aren't really <laughs> conducive to no. the body count and the gore score so, so uh, but you know so we again that I'd say it's a one on the gore score meter and that is all also related to like Will was saying the, the body count is really at the beginning of the movie showing the Amityville segments of the movie that's where the gore is too. Is is in those, you know, when he's going around and killing the family members. So it's all right there, and the rest of it is just uh, it's not a movie about gore or body count, really. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is more of a demonic, supernatural type movie, you know. So it, and spiritual and all and whatnot. So it's a little bit harder to do that kind of stuff. But that's kind of our new feature on each episode. We'll kind of go into that. So so like I said, Friday the Thirteenth next uh, next episode. That should be a little bit more. Uh, we're going to up the gore factor, and we're going to up that kill count quite a bit in the next one that we watch. So, uh, once again, Donnie, thanks for uh, being with us this week. Um, I'm Josh. For Will and the Professor Smoke, we are the All-American Spook Show Podcast. We'll catch you later, guys.
Please replace the speaker on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.